You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today we're going to talk about six ways to boost your professional credibility. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. So this is for you if you're finding it difficult to gain credibility with other health professionals. Are you talking to them and they're a bit confused about what you do or you're facing a barrage of questions about your qualifications? Well, today I'm going to talk about six ways that you can boost your professional credibility so that people understand what you do and they have trust and confidence in your qualification, your training, your skill set and your capabilities. So we're going to cover three things. Firstly, what professional credibility actually means, why people question your qualifications, and then those six ways to boost your professional credibility so that you've got some actionable steps to take away and start becoming better known, better respected, and be seen as a more professional kind of person. There is a bit of backstory for this episode Always my episodes are based on questions or conversations, but I've actually had two conversations recently that got me pretty fired up and ranty, to be honest. In one conversation, somebody is out marketing her services and says she's being questioned a lot by professionals about her qualifications, not by potential clients, but by health professionals. And then off the back of that, I had another conversation with a fairly experienced coach who's been around for a while and she's told me she's starting a degree and I thought wow what caused you to want to start a degree and she said well my own coach is a health professional and she's told me I'm not qualified enough to be an expert in wellness and I need to do more study and I'm going to call that professional bullying I think that's really awful And anyway, after I got up from pounding my fists on the floor, I thought I need to do this episode just to help you to understand why these sorts of things happen and what you can do about it. And it's not all about our profession. So let's just start by defining professional credibility. It's really simply defined as your education, your experience, your performance, and your demonstrated professional development in a particular field. So that definition alone gives you some clues about what it takes to be a credible professional that's trusted and respected. Those four things, education, experience, performance, and demonstrated professional development, which means your ongoing training that you're doing. So then let's ask the question, well, why do people question your qualifications and your professional credibility in the first place? Well, I did a bit of research on this and there's an article in a book called Organisational Behaviour in Healthcare and they say that professional credibility is a source of legitimacy. And the chapter says that when professional credibility is combined with leadership, then you create respect, trust by your peers and engagement with followers. Now, I know that seems kind of Captain Obvious, but what it really means is when people are questioning your qualifications or professionalism, they're looking for evidence that you're trustworthy and capable and skilled, right? And in a healthcare setting, working with allied health professionals, for example, it's really understandable that people might question anybody's professional credibility because they have training standards and they're dealing with people in health critical or life critical situations, maybe complex medical or psychological conditions. And maybe they're used to dealing with other professionals 
who have significant experience in patient care and medical systems. So if you show up and say, I'm a health and wellness coach, they may have no idea of where you fit or whether you're even the right kind of person to be doing this serious work, which kind of makes sense. Somebody showing up with that qualification may not fit their paradigm. I think there are a couple of other points to make. And the first is that in Australia, health and wellness coaching is a relatively young profession. People don't really understand what it is or how it fits with existing medical frameworks or how it aligns with existing health professions. Part of that challenge, of course, is that we have a range of untrained and untrained and unexperienced people who are giving themselves coaching-related titles and offering services that are clearly not coaching-related. And that's confusing to the market. Another part of the challenge is that there are a diversity of coaching professions around. You can be a life coach, a wellness coach, a health and wellness coach, a health coach, an executive coach, all combinations. And people go, well, what's the difference? And what's the appropriate setting for each one of those? I'll address those issues shortly, actually, but I guess you can understand why people are cautious and why they want to know who you are and where, you, where your training comes from. And I'm definitely going to talk about that later. But before I finish up on this section of today's topic, I want to add another layer on top of this. Despite all of the state of the industry and whether you're qualified or not and confusion, there is something of a turf war going on in Australia. And I've heard this firsthand from a psychologist a few years ago who did her health coach training uh, at the school that I work at. And she told me that psychologists psychotherapists and counsellors were fighting about who was credentialed enough or or not for different purposes. And so let me ease your mind a bit by saying that professional skills are re really important and our profession definitely needs some good promotion and PR and our scope of practice needs to be really clear. But please on, know on top of that, the human ego and professional bullying exists and it's potentially always going to be there no matter how well known, recognised or exception, ex accepted your qualification and your profession is. And in fact, the reason that I left my previous career as a biological scientist is that I was sick of all the egotism, barrier pushing and bullying that was going on in my industry back then. I wasn't personally affected by those things, but I was really disheartened by the behaviour generally. So that's a layer on top of everything else it may not affect you but it is out there in certain sectors of our industry now that said though there are things going on that you can do to move past those questions and to gain the credibility and the respect that you deserve and i think one of the things that's really important is that you feel confident in yourself in your ability to deliver a good training you feel confident in your, in your training course in your profession as a whole and to know what's going on in the industry and the advances that are being made in research is really critical. So now let's look at six ways to boost your professional credibility. Firstly, become a member of HACANSA, our industry association. Now, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you might remember that I did an episode in May of this year called How to Boost Your Professional Credibility. And that episode was actually about the conference that we had, our inaugural industry association conference for health coaches, Australian New Zealand Association. 
And it was about how that conference was so important for showcasing health coaching as a profession. And I talked about giving you ideas on how to communicate what health coaches do and what we're achieving and, and how you could get so much out of that event. So that in itself, being a part of a member of, being part of a CANSA or a member of a CANSA gives you that visibility and alignment with a professional association. Also, I can say that as a current board member of Hercansa, we are working really hard on several levels. Firstly, in terms of advocacy of our profession at the highest levels of government, insurance and the medical sector in both Australia and New Zealand. Hercansa is doing a lot of other things, including building the knowledge, understanding and reputation of health coaching more generally in our two countries. And we're going to be running a Look for the Logo campaign, which educates the public and health professionals on how to choose an appropriately qualified health and wellness coach. So if you have that Hakanza logo as part of your online and face-to-face -face presence, then people are going to know that through our Look for the Logo campaign that you're someone who has a credible qualification and is appropriately trained. If you are already a professional member of Hakanza, then you have access to resources that help you also advocate for our profession and to promote yourself in that way. Hot off the press, actually, I received this last night, Hakanza members now have access to a 25-page booklet called The Doctor's Guide to Health Coaching, which was authored by Sandra Scheinbaum from the Institute of Functional Medicine, and it was provided to Hakanza members for the purpose of awareness building advocacy and promotion, really valuable resources. Also, if you're a current member, um, that doctor, you would have seen the email that came out this week with that as an attachment. It's been sent to 2,000 doctors in the past week. There are also lots of other tools in the Hakanza toolkit that can help you, which I'll talk about a bit later. So the next thing to look at is your professional branding. Whether we like it or not, first impressions count. So being a member of Hakanza as a starting point is great, but then what? <laughs> That's not all you have to do. You need to have a presence either in the face-to-face -face world or in the online environment or both. And that presence needs to be really consistent and professional in terms of imagery, documents, flyers, email footers, social media pages and websites, anything that you have out there, it needs to look professional. Now, professional branding and, and logo making and typography and all of that sort of stuff can cost as little as $200 or up to $15,000. But before you leap in, you need to know who your target market and ideal customer are and get to know them intimately so that your branding is designed to speak to those people specifically. Branding professionals want to know who your demographic is, the psychographic and the desired feelings that they're gonna have when they come across your branding. So I'd suggest not tackling that formally if you're just starting out, but at least get a professional looking email signature and set up a good looking LinkedIn profile with a professional headshot and a well-written bio. Mention your qualifications, training, and Hakanza membership in terms of those logos. That's really important as part of the awareness of your standard of professionalism and our industry association. 
So that main goal is for you to have consistent visuals and messaging on all your promotional material, starting with LinkedIn and an email footer and any other online presence, they should all look the same with similar fonts and the same sorts of feel. If you're a Hakanza membership, a member already, and in the, as a professional member, you can log into your account and look inside the member toolkit for tips on how to create a professional bio, how to get noticed on LinkedIn, where you can use your Hakanza logo, and how to craft an elevator pitch, which is who you work with in that general area. Uh, we also have a Hakanza badge brochure that talks about the benefits of working with a Hakanza accredited coach. So there's lots of great resources in the professional member toolkit that you can access. So branding aside, the next thing you want to talk about is your value proposition. That's the thing you want to have really clear before you start talking about who you work with and what you do. Because if you can clearly and confidently describe who you work with, that's kind of your elevator pitch, and how you can help them, that's your value proposition. It gives you credibility, professionalism, and legitimacy. Just to be clear of what a value proposition is, it describes the tangible results someone will get from working with you. I did an episode unpacking how to do this recently using a tool called a brand ladder, and I've got a link to this in the show notes. Your value proposition is a bit longer than an elevator pitch, and it speaks more specifically to the tangible results. So for example, if your elevator pitch talking about who you work with was something like, I help professional women in their 40s who are struggling with menopause, then your value proposition statement might be something like this. I used an evidence-based method to help menopausal women to become aware of the impacts of their menopausal symptoms and to develop health-giving routines and habits that help them reduce those symptoms naturally. So when you can clearly explain how you help people, then they're going to see the value in working with you. They're going to understand what you do and which sector you work with. Your confidence in describing how you work with people is just as important as the work you actually do. It helps you to see that people to see that they're confident, that you're confident in what you do and how you help people. It, it sells you as somebody who's certain about their profession. So that's really important that you have that value proposition down pat. The third way to build professional credibility is through endorsement. And this could be personal or professional. And the reason this matters is because if someone else likes and trusts you and you have proven success, that builds your legitimacy as a coach. Well, so what does endorsement look like? It can take a few different forms. I've already mentioned Kansa. Being a professional member and being listed on their website is a form of endorsement because you're part of an industry association that only recognises certain training and qualifications. There's also client testimonials that you can have on your website or a social media platform. Uh, you might like to use a widget like Trustpilot, something like that. There are client case studies that you can talk about or write about on a podcast or blog, obviously keeping the confidential information safe, but talking about typical case studies and results. Professional recommendations is another way to get endorsement. LinkedIn is a great example of that asking people to give you endorsements for different skills. Media references, so if you've been published in an online paper or magazine, um, having those 
quotes available to showcase on your website. Maybe you have employer references if you're going to get a job somewhere as a coach. And corporate or business client case studies are also useful. And even if you're a brand new coach, you can at least cover some of those things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another way to build professional credibility is through professional networking. Now, that sounds kind of weird. I know that networking in and of itself isn't credibility building, but the act of consistently showing up in professional networking spaces creates visibility and recognition. And that's what it takes for people to build relationships with you and to trust you. So if you find another business or professional networking group for allied health professionals and you show up regularly, people will start to get to know you. They'll become friends with you, allies and advocates. Here's a little example. When I moved to a country town on the other side of Australia from where I was from and started my weight loss coaching business, I made an effort to firstly send out introductory letters to prominent health professionals in my area and I met several of them for coffee as well. I attended various events and presentations that were on in my local area. There were Medicare presentations, health expos, practitioner lunches, and through some of those initial connections I'd built, I was able to leverage those and get entry to those events. Some of them were open to everybody anyway, and I became better known in the area. Another thing I did was to start my business by running a pilot program, which I recommend to everybody. But what I did was I got my clients to see their doctors or health professionals for a health check and a health clearance before they started. And what that did was give those professionals firsthand experience in the success of my coaching program. And therefore, without ever having to meet them, I got their professional endorsement and recognition. It was so valuable. So after a couple of years, I had GPs, podiatrists, chiropractors and diabetes educators who knew who I was, who referred people to me for weight loss because they'd seen improvements in my clients and their clients' weight, BMI, blood pressure, insulin and so forth. You can do this in your local area, the four or five surrounding suburbs or a nearby health hub. Another way to gain professional credibility is through publishing and speaking. Think about it this way. If you get an article published in an online magazine or if you get interviewed on a radio or podcast or published in print newspapers or magazine, it gives you visibility and credibility because no one's going to publish you or interview you if you're not credible. And while this is also a marketing activity like networking, it gives you the chance to be seen, heard and known by different audiences so that they can validly assess in their own minds how professional you are. So once again, it's about showing up regularly. You're not a flake. You're not a fly by night. Having a same consistent professional message, it is really effective in helping you to build that credibility. So it's going to take some time, but even if you're brand new, Regularly attending events, being seen, showing up, the Chamber of Commerce, podcasts, wherever it is, show up, be seen, get connected. You're going to start to gain people's trust that way. It's relationship building. So let's wrap up what we talked about today. It was all about the challenges we face in being recognised as credible professionals. And I did say that 
no matter how experienced and qualified you are, someone's always going to take a shot at you or doubt your credentials. So you can put that part aside. But there are six things that you can do right now to help you build your professional credibility. Become a member of Hakanza, our industry body. Make sure that you have professional branding or get help with that if needed. Make sure that you have a clear value proposition and you can speak it clearly, smoothly and confidently. Get endorsements. Start professional networking. Even if it's one event per month, get out there and, and get seen and noticed by professionals that you would wish to be re referred to. And start publishing and speaking. That's the update and the summary for today. I hope that's been helpful for you. And if you have any questions, hit me up on the contact page. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.